Yo, check this out. My name is Ezra Hill, and right now, I'm introducing you to my podcast. It's called Hill of Beans. It's a podcast about nothing and everything. My co-host Casey and I are going to be breaking down life from the perspective of two Midwestern middle-aged minds. We're not experts, just ordinary everyday people like you trying to navigate this vessel called life. And these waters can get rough. Our goal is to help keep you on course without having to abandon ship. So, I hope you'll enjoy our episodes. You just might find them inadvertently interesting and informative. And hopefully it'll amount to more than a hill of beans. Hey there, and welcome back to the Hill of Beans podcast. My name is Ezra Hill. I'm here with Casey. Casey, what's up? You always, you you always ask me that. Yeah. What's up? It's just like a weird question. I mean, like, do you want to, do you want to know like about my whole week? (laughs) We don't have time for that. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to know about this morning? I mean, Uh, right now, the ceiling right now we're recording, right? If I look up the ceiling, we are the (laughs) ceilings up and we're here uh, doing another podcast episode. And today we're going to take. A crack at true crime. So, what do you, what's uh, what do you have on the agenda for this episode? Ooh, um, this one is deep, and I don't know what we're actually going to cover on this. And I'm interested to see like what your thoughts are. But this is um, the true story about something that happened in Frederick, Colorado, um, the Christopher Lee Watts. Well, and actually I hate to give his name any credit here. So let's talk about that. This is a story a, a tragic story about a family that was lost at the hands of a husband and a father. And yeah. So, you know, do you know what I'm referencing? Frederick, Colorado? I know where that is. Yeah. Do you know this story? Oh yeah. Yes. I've, <laughs> I did a little prep work. Oh, good, uh, good, good. I've actually, yeah, I think I've seen two or three documentaries about this, uh, and very bizarre. Um, and truly we're dealing with a psychopath. Mm. I mean, it just, anyways, let's, uh, let's dive into this, shall we? Yeah. Um, so Basically, uh, August 13th, 2018 is when it, you know, all happened. And basically what happened was hit Chris's wife. Her name's Shannon, right? It's not Shannon. It's Shannon. Shannon. I've heard it pronounced a few different ways. Yeah. When I, the, the last documentary i watched they were saying shannon or shannon yeah it's not she at first i thought it was shannon but it's not not yeah she's Shanon. out of town on business she comes home late at night her friend picks her up at the airport drops her off at like two in the morning or something like that her friend sees her go go in the front door and her friend drives away well then the next day her friend is trying to get a hold of her and can't Mm -hmm. and suddenly becomes alarmed Mm -hmm. and i don't remember what what she was trying to get a hold of her for i know that kind of what went down is she had the friend understood that there was some tension in the relationship and i think that she when she could not just 
get a hold of her like on a normal basis. Um, she just wanted to check in on her. So she went over to her house when she couldn't get a hold of her to see, you know. Yeah, I think sometime to check in on her. Yeah, I think sometime that next morning when she wasn't responding, she went over to her house. Uh, the car was there, but she wasn't answering the door. Mm-hmm. Um, the two girls, the, they had two little kids, too. And I think they were like, what, four and two or something like that? Celeste and Bella. And then actually three because she oh, was yeah. pregnant. She had a bun in the oven. Nico. Yeah. And I think one of them was at least supposed to be at school and wasn't. And so they didn't, they were wondering what was going on. They couldn't get a hold of her. One of the, the one was in preschool or something and I think was supposed to be at school. Uh, and they weren't. And so the her friend, what was her friend's name? Do you remember? I don't. So we're going to call her. Nosy Nancy. <laughs> we're going to call her an amazing friend. An amazing Her friend. an amazing friend that was concerned. That like, if she doesn't talk to you within eight hours. She's coming she's to find out where you, yes, she's um, that person. Uh, so yeah, she called the police and the police showed up. Um, she said she expressed her concerns and then they contacted the husband, Chris, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he's at work, which was like an hour away, right? Mm-hmm. About? Right. Well, and he works in the oil, oil field. Yeah. The American, yeah, he was a field operator. Yeah. That's right. So they call him. He comes home, uh, opens the garage door. Uh, well, he in the process, they keep calling her phone and texting her and not getting any response. Mm-hmm. So he comes home, opens the garage door, and immediately goes to the car in the garage and opens the passenger side door and starts fiddling around in the car, which is like the first red flag of all this. Because why we, why was he? Doing I didn't that? know this part. Well, Casey, it's because you need to do some prep work. What are you? Are you a PI? <laughs> no, I don't do prep work. Uh, you do I, know how I my high tell. school years were, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, it's all good. It's all good. All right. Uh, you know, I just roll with it. Yeah, and that's uh, that's awesome. I respect that. Uh, <laughs> Thanks. But anyways, this dude is rustling around in the car, and it's kind of like, okay, nobody knows where your wife and kids are, and the first thing you do is get in the car instead of going into the house. Mm-hmm. And so that was like the. What first do you think he was doing? I don't know. I mean, there's a piece later that I think. Maybe I have an idea of what he was doing, but I'm not 100% sure. Okay. I think he was looking for something. And, well, I don't know. Or like hiding. It, yeah. Um, so, anyways, they go. It, the officer asks for permission to come inside. He says yes. So, Chris and the officer and Shanann's friend mm-hmm. are in the house looking for her. She's nowhere to be found. Uh, one thing they do notice is the bed, sh- the blankets and bed sheets are gone off the bed. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris claims that uh, when he got up for work this morning, he left and her and the kids were still there. Uh, but they're, they were not. Uh, well, that's what he said. Okay. And, uh, so when they get back home, they're not there. And so he's, you know, calling people, texting people. Uh, they're looking around the house. And then he, at one point he goes into their bedroom and he comes back out and he's holding her wedding ring 
and he's like holding it up mm, for the mm-hmm. police officer and the, her friend to see like the whole see, oh she look left. she left me yeah she left me and then the phone and, goes well, off right and her phone's there well her phone was there but but being with that with the ring thing it makes me wonder if he wasn't looking for the wedding ring or something i, I don't know he i feel oh. like he was looking for something in that car that he needed uh, oh you know what that could be so like her he, phone or her ring or something he may have brought know. that up with him yeah i, I don't really know it's very bizarre mm-hmm. uh, he's basically said you know trying to push the narrative now well we had this argument and she left me you know she he claims she texted him that morning or she either texted him that morning or said uh before he left work, I think he said that she told him before he left for work that she was going to take the girls to a friend's house for a play date is what he mm-hmm. said. So that's what he's claiming. So he has no, he's acting like he has no idea what's going on. Um, so at that point, you know, they start calling some more officers over and some detectives and trying to figure out what's going on. Yeah. And that's when things, he starts acting really odd, right? I mean, they went to the neighbor's house and the neighbor's like, something's not right. Yeah. The neighbor looked at some footage. Right. So the police officers start um, asking neighbors, hey, do you got any security cameras, ring doorbells, anything like that? Because they're trying to figure out, you know, what happened. Uh, And one of the neighbors is like, oh, yeah, I got a security camera set up and it actually faces Chris's driveway so they look at it at like five in the morning or something maybe earlier than that it shows chris back his truck up into the garage and he's loading stuff in it but you major can't, red flag yeah you why is he backing up right you can't tell what he's loading in there mm-hmm. um, but he's putting something in the back of his truck and he says it was tools he needed for work yeah and the neighbor's like this is not what he normally does right, right? the neighbor said that that's not his normal routine so i guess his neighbor was spying on him <laughs> <laughs> no 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 uh, ezra he had a camera you know he reviewed are. the footage yeah you know how neighbors are i mean they they know when oh that's a good neighbor ezra he's taking his early morning dump <laughs> that's oh wait he didn't that's not his normal routine no well you know what good job for you neighbor uh, uh so anyways um yeah they see something going on and so a red flag goes up and so they look at the footage and chris tells the officer hey uh this is what i i was loading up some tools for work and that's that and so chris leaves his neighbor's house the officer's still there and he's talking to the neighbor and the neighbor's like you know man he's acting weird he never does that because when you look at the police cam footage Mm -hmm. it looks like chris the way he reacts when he sees that they got him on camera doing something he's like almost panicking like holy shit i saw that and he starts like he's fidgeting yeah like he doesn't even know what this and he like couldn't wait to get the hell out if it Mm -hmm. was me i'd be watching the video like dude i want to watch every second of this to see what happened the whole time i've been gone to see anybody coming and going and he didn't he just they showed that one part and so he realizes you know like a deer in headlights that oh shit they got something on me Mm -hmm. so he books out of there as soon as he can and then the police officer talking to the neighbor guy and the the neighbor's like man he's just kind of acting weird but the police officer's like well you know 
people act different. I mean, his wife and kids are missing. So, you know, he's probably worried about yeah, that, I guess. He, I, I did appreciate that the police officer uh, recognized that in each situation, people can respond differently. And you don't know really what that response is until you've been in it. Mm-hmm. So he didn't jump to a conclusion, but the neighbor was saying his behavior is not normal. Yeah. So uh, basically later that day, I believe the police bring Chris in and start questioning him, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they start asking him questions. And he's basically, at that point, he's like, well, I think somebody took her. You know, he, he starts. There was a point, though. Didn't he do some interviews um, between the time that they yeah, took him in? At some point, he did. Do and he's some, like, you know, I just it, want my wife home yeah. and kids. But he's the, not crying. He has no emotion. No, the whole, t- the whole time this is going on, there's no, he didn't, there's no tears being shed or. Mm-hmm. No panic, except when he saw the video of himself. <laughs> then right. I could tell he was like freaking out a little bit. Um, but he, you know, he they take him to the police station and start questioning him, and he's saying he starts saying, uh, "Yeah, I think somebody probably took her because I can't think of any other thing that anything else that could have happened." When originally he was trying to say, you know, he was pointing that. Uh, the wedding ring saying, oh, I think they left me. I feel like I that's she left the go-to. The Anytime we've yeah. seen that violence, you know, uh, between the husband and the wife and where the wife has, you know, been killed. I feel like that's their go-to. Like, she left me. Mm-hmm. She's cheating. She doesn't want to be a mom anymore. She doesn't want to be a wife, Um, you know. Yeah. And so... While Chris is being interviewed by the police, they're continuing to do their investigation and they start uncovering things about Chris and his wife and family and their financial situation. Um, They were, I think in the documentary, it said they were like 70 some thousand dollars in debt. Also, one of the documentaries I watched they were talking about how Shanann put everything on everything they did on social media and, you know, it, everything from, you know, the kids. And, and I know some people do that and they like to record their life and everything. But it was like she put everything out there for everybody. I did watch those and you what she the way she acted with her kids and the love for her husband was really I mean, it was all about that. Yes. She was synergized around her family and her husband and she kind of, she had lupus. And so she admired and loved her husband so much because she said, you know, he didn't get, he wasn't dealt the perfect cards as far as a wife goes. Like I came with some health issues and she was so thankful of how much, how much he loved her and was willing to take that on. And she even said, I'm not the easiest to deal with as a wife, but he still loves me. Mm -hmm. And that was, that was what was portrayed on social media. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've said this before. uh, Social media isn't real life because Mm -hmm. she portrayed, you know, like a lot of people do the perfect family. Uh, But as we discover through the police investigation, they had a lot of financial issues. He was drawing, he was pulling away from her. Uh, 
in fact, he also, they learned that there's another lady friend involved. He had a girlfriend. He, he had a little side piece, mm-hmm. a little side salad. Who he, I think, thought he loved more than his own family. Yeah. Um, he met this girl at work, started an affair, which at first he denied to the police. But basically, they figured everything out. And actually, once his side piece <laughs> is that what I should call her <laughs> no I don't remember her everybody name. forgive Ezra what was her name I mean actually she's a mistress well she had a name they said it I don't know dude I'm the only one that does the research on this I have stuff. a question I have a question do we need to give the mistress a name well uh because I feel like when we're talking about this well I'll just, we'll just I don't say, we'll just say mistress then yeah okay, and so. look and it's no, it's nothing bad, but I don't want to give any props or name recognition to that. To Chris, Christopher, to Chris or the mistress. And look, I know she didn't well, know. She didn't know. Yeah. She didn't know. Um, or she thought that but they that's were, what she they all say. right. But, and she <laughs> thought that they were getting a divorce. So I'll, we'll, we'll go with that. And maybe she didn't know, but yeah. I just feel like we got to stay focused on. Uh, well, the, but the mistress plays an important role. She does. Yes. Not with the murders. Uh, but while Chris was being interrogated, uh, she saw what was going on in the news and she came down to the police department and started ratting Chris out Mm -hmm. because she was like, you know, he told me they were getting a divorce and actually did she even know that he had kids? Or may, I think maybe. I believe I she think, knew he was. I yeah. believe she knew that he was married. I don't think she married. knew that his wife was pregnant. Right. And I, I think she knew about the family, but he told her that basically they're splitting yeah, or they're and, separated, something along those lines. Yeah. And I think what his final decision was, was when he came home from work and she had the videotape going to catch his reaction when she had the shirt on saying mm-hmm. we we're having another we got another bun on the oven mm-hmm. or whatever you guys do on your cricket machine. Yeah, she wanted to surprise him and say we're pregnant again. And yes. that's and they And his reaction was kind of it was more of a shock, which I don't know. I mean everybody reacts to things differently. But it, it, I didn't think it was real joyous. I think he was like Oh man. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. This isn't what I need right I now. I think this guy is a chameleon and when I did see, I saw that footage and I saw the text messages about, I do miss you guys. I love you. You know, this and that. I feel like he always knew what to say. Yeah. I mean, he, he's probably some type of, uh, narcissistic manipulator or something. Has um, to be. But anyways, he, he met this, he met this other girl at work. And then the summer prior to all of this happening, his wife and kids went to South Carolina because that's where they're originally from and spent like six weeks there or something. So with her parents, correct. Mm -hmm. Uh, So while they were gone, you know, Chris was like living this rendezvous. Yeah. He was dating this other girl and they, you know, were doing all the things that young lovers do. Ooh, fresh, fresh, uh, fresh love. Mm. I like to call it. (laughs) Uh, And so he was, you know, obviously gaga for this girl to the point that, okay, I'm going to leave my wife and kids for this girl. And and they were already having problems. Like I said, 
they were having financial problems. And she, based, based on some of the information I got, she kind of rode him a little bit as far as I remember some of the videos she posted on social media. She was talking about how, you know, he's kind of dumb or ignorant or something to that extent. She did acknowledge, I think, that maybe at times she was condescending um, and more yeah. OCD um, and rode him. I And, and yeah. I, you know, I, mean, I do all, think she kind of owned that. Yeah. We all know how wives can be. Oh, really? <laughs> really? <laughs> I, w- I was married. Listen, once. Ezra, you don't want to get into that with me. <laughs> uh, I'm kidding. Uh, no, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I really am kidding. But yeah, ladies, don't ride. <laughs> <laughs> don't no, ride. Uh, don't ride your man. So, uh, anyways, it, it, yeah, um, you know, I don't know. I don't know how he. Some people think he wasn't. He wasn't into having his life, you know, videotaped and out there on social media twenty four seven and all that. Uh, but it doesn't, you know, it doesn't give. That's not a reason to uh, kill your family. Obviously. Wait, hold on. There's people that think that being on media is what drove him to possibly cheat or kill. Uh, I don't necessarily that I don't necessarily think that was the, the reason. No, I think this other girl was the reason why he did everything. But I think there were other things compounding their financial situation. You know, he's constantly having to put up this facade on social media that he's happy and their family's perfect. When the Maybe is, he should have gone and got another job instead of having that rendezvous and gotten them out of debt. Well, yeah, obviously. <laughs> like he's out there totally, you know, yeah, cheating mean, on his wife and not being there as a father. I, mm-hmm. I think at some point he already started throwing in the towel on, on the marriage and started looking elsewhere. Okay. You know? And, you know, it's... Uh, it's kind of one of those things, you know, he, he was working out. He, he lost. Oh, he weight. got in a lot. He got yeah. Buff. He got swell. He swole. <laughs> <laughs> he, you guys, Ezra introduced me to that word. It's he got swole, he was, he which was, means you're pumping iron and getting big. He was getting swole for any lady that might, uh, and she noticed that. that she did say to one of her friends in a text message, um, I'm noticing like he, all he wants to do is work out. He's super like focused on what he looks like. Yeah. Mm. So he, in the back of his mind, he had some kind of plan brewing of he's going to leave his wife or he just didn't know to what extent it was going to be. Uh, so basically at uh, some point, uh, he decides to, I guess his dad came into town when all this was going on. So he, oh, I, I remember quickly before I get into that, the okay. police are like, hey, okay, if what you're saying is true, let's take a lie detector test. And that way we can eliminate you as a suspect. And he agrees to do it. And for anyone out there who wants some tips don't ever do a lie detector test. <laughs> yeah, they said like if you if they, you did you can't this, use them in court anyway. Right. So I, I've I've just heard stories where uh, people fail them and they were actually telling the truth. And really, I have heard of cases like that. Yeah. So if anyone ever says 
Did okay. your did you have a lie detector test? No, thank thank God I never have. Uh, I, you know what we should do? We should do that one time. Oh yeah, I'll, on the podcast and and see if it really works. Yeah, I'll ask you the questions. You take the test. Yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> Except I want the questions beforehand. Nope. <laughs> uh, you are not the father. <laughs> uh, well, so anyways. Yeah, if if you're at the, ever in a situation where you're at the police department and they're like, hey, why don't you take a lie detector test for us? Then as, immediately ask for an attorney. <laughs> right. <laughs> because uh, you just don't want to get, I mean, believe it or not, it's, you know, uh, innocent people go to jail. And, and actually there's there's like point, it's like 0.03% or point something like that of inmates on death row are probably innocent. Yeah, it's sad. Based on, uh, and what helps, what's helping a lot with that stuff is DNA now. Mm -hmm. Uh, The testing of DNA eliminates a lot of uh, suspects. Yeah, we've we've definitely came a long way on that. So anyways, Chris is wired up. He's taking the lie detector test and he fails. And then the police are like, hey, yo, Chris, you're not, we know you're not telling the truth. Mm -hmm. Even though... I I don't I don't know the accuracy of lie detector tests. I don't know. Well, they knew the he wasn't telling the truth because they asked about the mistress and he yeah. denied that. Yeah. She had already called in in the meanwhile and gave them the story. So Correct. they knew like out of the gate before they even told him that they knew that information he was lying. So they just were like you know, we know you're lying. So you're going to have to come clean. Um, you need to come clean. Children and your wife deserve for us to have the truth because we need to help them where, wherever they are, whatever you have done, we got to go help them. And so we yeah. need you to come, come clean. But he was still, even after that, he was still denying. He was like, I don't know. I'm telling the truth. I'm mm-hmm. telling the truth. Mm-hmm. And, you know, go, going back real quick to, their financial trouble. They were also being sued by their HOA for past dues, which, you know, uh, financial troubles in a marriage is not good. But in nothing that I'm hearing yet is still, you know, people cheat, people get behind on bills. You know, this is stuff we hear every day. So at this point, if I am sitting in that room as, um, you know, interviewing him and trying to get these answers nothing yet if i knew they had financial trouble i knew if i knew that he was cheating there's nothing here that at my at that point that would have made me say well clearly he killed him then you know what i mean because this is like the norm you hear this all the time with people that's why this is so bizarre because it just doesn't make sense Mm -mm. um so anyways uh he fails the lie detector test, he, but he's still denying things. Then they're basically, you know, then they finally say, you know, we know you're not telling the truth in a sense to, uh, I think, his marriage. And then he finally is like, yeah, okay, I cheated on my wife, but I didn't. You know, they still denying having anything to do with mm-hmm. his wife and kids missing. Um and they're they're pushing and pushing for the truth. And the the thing is, is like he could have at some point said, "Hey, I want an attorney." Yeah, and I'm and I want out of here. And he mm-hmm. never did. He just stayed there. Well, I think uh, the intelligence level clearly um, 
Hmm. You know, I don't because know. Because the only thing they had was the lie detector test. Mm-hmm. Outside of that, there was no other I feel evidence. like everybody knows when you are taken, I mean, and if you don't, you're going to now if you're listening to this. If you are taking in for questioning and you don't want to answer whether you did it or you didn't do it, you are entitled to have a lawyer. You don't have to say a word. So if you want that protection out of the gate, they have to let you go and you can have your lawyer. Yeah. And I think Chris... Part of his mental disturbance, or maybe it was narcissism. I don't know. But I think he thought he was smart enough he could talk Mm -hmm. his way out of it. He is so manipulative that he thinks he's smarter than everyone else, and he can manipulate them into believing whatever he is saying. That's where he holds himself. Yeah, and... uh, he, I think he thought he was smart enough he could talk his way out of it. But I, they weren't letting him go. And so I think he was basically kind of starting to panic. And he was having to – he needed some time to come up with another plan. He needed And, and what plan. else I think happened was – What? I think his plan was foiled from the beginning. I don't – you remember how her friend came up Did you say flawed? Foiled. Okay, you know what? We're going to have our own dictionary. Foiled? Yeah. Uh, uh, canceled. Uh, okay. <laughs> what's okay. The right word? I don't know. Uh, his plan did not work out. Okay, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> because I don't think he thought her, his wife's friend was going to come over that morning. I think he thought he was going to get back from work and have time to mm-hmm. put... More things he didn't realize place. how quick things were going to come down right. on him. Right. That's why I think he went immediately to the car and was fumbling around in there. That makes sense. Yeah. I never thought of that. Uh, yeah. Because I think he thought he was going to do everything, be at work all day, come home, and then call the police. And then say, like, hey, my wife find- isn't yeah. here. Yeah. And right. basically say, oh, we had a fight that morning. You know. Right. I think that was what his plan was. So now they're interviewing him, and now he says, I want my dad. Yeah, right? I think, yeah, at that point, he I think he needs some breathing room. He doesn't want got, a lawyer. He wants his dad. Right. He's got to come up with another plan. And I think it's because he knew no matter what, his dad would believe his story. Again, you know, like this is, right, but again, I think this is his, he thinks like, everybody's going to believe yeah, him. Like Casey, when your kids are picking on other kids at school, I mean, you deny it all the time, but it's happening. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's That's get, what parents do. <laughs> we just believe it. We just believe it. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, yeah. So he called. He's like, hey, police, let me, detectives, let me talk to my dad. Uh, so they leave the room. His dad comes in. And then he starts saying that him and his wife had a fight. And then she said, then he said after the fight, she went in and. Uh, he said something like This is what he's saying to his dad. Yeah. He's and the talk- police are watching from the, the other room. The camera and there's yeah. a microphone in there. So it's being recorded. Mm-hmm. And he basically tells his dad that he woke up that morning. They had a fight. And she said something like, you're never going to see the kids again. And she went in the other room and started choking her kids. Killed them. She says, or yeah. he says that yeah. she's says the he, one that killed the kids. Right. He says he went in the other room and she had choked the kids and they were blue. And then he got mad. He snapped and out yeah. of anger and then killed her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what he said happened. And then he panicked and had to get rid of the body. Oh, in that footage, the dad was rubbing his shoulder and was like, I'm sorry, son. And was so yeah. like, you know, he did believe him. Yeah. He did. Yeah. And I think. 
Chris knew that his dad would believe his story. So now he's got an ally. Let's rewind. Also, um, the parents of Chris Watts did not have a good relationship with Shanann. They were not a fan of Shanann. So they were already tilted that way um, as to why he might snap on her because they were frustrated with her also. Mm -hmm. Um, And that relationship was super damaged. So they bought into that story real quick. Yeah. Um, So then basically that's what he tells his dad. Then he calls the police back in. That's what he tells them. So it gives the police now a reason to arrest him because he admitted killing his wife uh, in a fit of rage. So they arrest him now and he's going to court. um, Or they arrest him and then they're like, okay, we need to find the bodies and then that's when he he talks about the location of where he took the body so that morning when he uh backed his truck up into the garage and was loading stuff into the truck he was loading the bodies onto the truck he was loading shenan correct the girls are still alive they were but they didn't know that at the time he said i think he said mommy's sleeping or something i don't know exactly yeah. so don't quote this but He said whatever he needed to say to keep the girls calm. Yeah, but they didn't know that at this point. He didn't confess confess to that till after his trial that the girls were still alive and he killed them out at the well field. You just spoiled the the ending, Casey. (laughs) No, 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 no. That didn't come out at trial. No, after the trial, because when he went to trial, they accused he he did a plea deal. Remember. So nothing was done. Nothing came out. He never admitted to killing his little girls until after he was already in jail. The detectives went back and were asking him questions like, hey, they were like, hey, so what really happened? And then he told the story. Do you want me to tell that story now? Here's what the detectives found out when they went back and revisited. Let's just. Yeah. What happened that. Here's what. Here's his yeah. version of what happened. Okay. He said that he came home that night and uh, him and his wife, they did engage in intercourse. He did say that. But then the next morning when he got up, that he told her it was over and he didn't want to be with her anymore. Mm-hmm. And then he said she started crying, got upset and said that. Uh, she wasn't, he wasn't going to be able to see the kids anymore. She was going to keep the kids from him. So he got mad and choked her to death, wrapped her up in the bed sheets. That's why they were gone. Then one of his girls came in the room and was like, what's going on with mommy? And he, and he said something like, she's not feeling good or something like that. So he loaded the... Oh, that's what I'm thinking he, of. Yeah. He loaded his wife's body into the back of the truck. Then he got the girls. They were still alive put him in the back of his truck uh, and he drove them out to the well field where he worked. He buried the mom, the, the, his wife's body. Uh, and then he, after the, this is where it gets so sick is his little girls are alive and he smothers them and kills them. And he, he kills the younger one, I think first, and then the other one, she said something like, is the same thing going to happen to me? And mm-hmm. he 
he smothers her as well, and then he dumps their bodies in an oil tank. He goes I mean, to the just, top of these two. If, if you can't picture it, but they're the large oil tanks that you actually have to go up a ladder, right? Yeah. And the there's just a small hole at the top uh, with a lid on it. And, you know, this is so disgusting. I can't even say it. So I'll let you say what he did. I can't even, it can't even come out. I read it and it well, makes me sick. Uh, yes. I mean, as I'm watching this, it is making me sick too because I don't, you know, I mean, it's murder is bad regardless, but when it's, you know, kids, it just takes it to a whole nother level. And I, I don't, I, there's something mentally wrong with this dude um, because he's he, the whole time. He's talking about this. He shows no emotion. Mm -mm. And it's just very bizarre. And I think it, the only time I saw him show shed a tear was at his trial when his mom got up and spoke. And she basically said, you know, obviously we don't agree with what you did, but we still love you. Mm -hmm. And that's when I actually saw him kind of break down a little bit. So what this... I don't know what he was trying to accomplish, but for some reason in his head, he thought if he could get rid of his wife and kids, he could just go on with a new life. And I don't know how you would be able to do that and not think you're going to burn in hell. He didn't care because I, I think people like that, they don't see consequence. They don't see the end. They see right here, right now. What do I want? What's best for me? I'm selfish. The whole world revolves around me. They're manipulative. It's disgusting. You know, when you were just wrapping up how this whole thing really happened and what went down for a, a dad to take his own children in his hands and see their life end at his at his hands and to take his wife who is pregnant with Nico and do what he did to her. I don't know if that is even what we call human. That is so evil, disgusting. Um, there has to be something. I don't, I, I don't know. He's sick. I mean, the guy has got to be absolutely insane. They, they definitely should scan his brain and take a look at what's going on up there because he's, He's something. Uh, and actually, if he's labeled a, uh, I believe what they call it is a, uh, he is, he's a serial killer because if you kill three or more people, that brings you into the definition of serial killer. Uh, oh, I think they, class, they would classify him as a family annihilator where for whatever reason, he decided to kill his entire family for whatever reason. And I think his reasoning was he just wanted a new life, I think, which is bizarre, but. And you know, that's a bunch of shit because, okay, so he wants a new life. He, okay, so let's say him and Mitch, Mistress get together, right? He's going to go through the marriage. He's going to go through the goosebumps. He's going to go with the initial thing. They're going to have a family and nothing's going to be about him anymore. And it's going to be the same scenario 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 over and over again that he's going to be in he wanted everything to be about him yeah well and you know what's crazy too what 
at some point early in his marriage, he did a presentation. Did you see that? He did a presentation about how to make your marriage last. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. No, I can't even. And I'm pretty sure that during the presentation, he didn't say anything about killing your family. So could you imagine um, being Shanann's family and, you know, your grandbabies and your daughter, you lost them all at the same time. And, you know, I saw their wedding film. That family cried that day at that wedding and proudly handed Shanann over to him and thought that this was the guy that was going to love and take care of her and be a great father, trusted this person. And then to note that they all died at the hands of him. I mean, Ezra, dude, I mean, it just makes me sick. And what's scary is he's a good looking guy. And so when I hear these people say, oh, you know, they look like this or they, they should look mean or they look, you know, a certain way, like they, they, a killer, killer looks scary. No, they don't. They don't come like that all the time. They, they come looking like anything. Uh, Jeffrey Dahmer, good looking guy, Ted Bundy, good looking guy. This guy was a good looking guy. Mm. I would have not had any thoughts by, you know, talking to this guy, you know, one-to-one or, you know, yeah, I understand what you're saying. They, uh, because they don't have the same emotion and feelings that a normal human does they get away with it because they mimic how you're supposed to act right so you don't think there's anything they're charming yeah, yeah. and people fall for it easier yeah. Yeah. because they look apart yep. a trusting part yeah and i think I, I need to do a little more research on this for another episode but i i think i watched a documentary sometime ago and uh it was basically talk they were taking a look at people who murder and kill and uh, don't show emotion and things like that. And I think they were scanning their brains and things like that. And and a lot of them had some kind of damage, Mm -hmm. had experienced some sort of brain damage at some point in their life. I need to follow up on that because I don't remember the stats or anything like that, but it was, it was very, they did this on Dahmer. They did. They scanned the brain. I know what you're talking about. And it is yeah. something new where they can see yeah, the chemical. W- when you scan a brain, you can tell if it's ever been damaged or if there's current damage and things like that. And they think at some point, whether when they were a child or something, they experienced some kind of damage to their brain, which in turn affected their emotion and empathy and and that type of thing to where they when they do something like this they don't even really think that it they know it's wrong but they don't feel it they don't have any emotional There's feeling no guilt yeah yeah the the part of us like when you see somebody hurt that naturally you hurt when you see it happen that kind of thing uh, right mm-hmm. like when you know Ezra if, if I thought that you, as a friend if I thought you were in pain I naturally because I'm your friend now I'm, I'm gonna hurt with you like I'd be concerned. They don't well, have that. Did you say you're my friend now? I feel like so I feel like we're on. Uh, we're, we're getting there. <laughs> we're, it's it's getting. We're getting there. Uh, it's not easy being my friend. I will say. <laughs> I will say that. I mean, you do like to pick on me, but I I I only have brothers, so I'm used to it. Well, that's good. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know. Do you have anything else you want to add to this? Um. No, just. 
make sure, you know, I, I, I think anybody out there, when we hear these kind of stories, um, for the women and men, cause it could go either way that there's a level of due diligence that we really need to do, um, in a relationship process. And if you don't see those emotional engagements where somebody naturally has a normal response, don't overlook that because what you see right now today could turn into something else tomorrow. And that's what happened to Shanann. Yeah, very true. And everybody don't put every single thing you do on social media. Amen. (laughs) Amen. Well, prayers for that family still. And, um, you know, he was sentenced, uh, what was his final sentence? He got life in prison. Well, he, he five life sentences without a uh, possibility of parole plus 84 years. Yeah. Because of the plea deal he did, he did not get death. Well, you know what? I'm, I'm okay with that because he needs to be locked up in a cell and be miserable. Yeah. And, and you know, sometimes uh prison life isn't, isn't easy. Mm-hmm. So he could meet death at some point. He, oh, I, you know, I heard when you're, when you do those kind of things, you, it's not easy in jail. All right. Well, I think this is going to wrap up this episode of Hill of Beans and we'll catch you on the next one. You guys, you can check us out at Hill of Beans with Ezra and Casey. Our email is hofbeans at gmail.com. If you're interested in hearing us talk about a certain topic, shoot us an email. We'd love to hear from you.